Welcome back to Fan Wonderland, and it's time to fall into a galaxy far, far away. I'm Elizabeth Crujon, and welcome back to Fan Wonderland. Welcome back and to Fan Wonderland, and we're thrilled to welcome Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order star and Party of Five star, Elizabeth Crujon, to chat about the best Star Wars game of the decade, in my opinion, and <laughs> that big twist and much more. Welcome, Elizabeth, and thanks for giving up your time to chat with us today. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Now, for those that don't know, Elizabeth, I would I would like to think would got her big break in Jedi Fallen Order, which for those that are unaware, EA's had a bit of a rocky history, so the fact that Fallen Order has become one of the best ones in a lot of fans' opinions is largely due to the story, which we will touch on, especially with Elizabeth's very big twists, which a lot of us didn't really see coming. And amongst other things, it's a single-player game, which a lot of us have been waiting for, and just a damn good story for Star Wars. And were you a Star Wars fan growing up? Yeah, I was. Um, I grew up watching the the movies with my family, like many of us did. Um, And yeah, all the way into adulthood. Like, I loved this series. I loved the lightsabers. Um, I really loved how it was it's a it's a story that's really like larger than life and really universal kind of um everybody can relate to it and they deal with really universal themes that um I really appreciate that I actually my acting training was in classical theater like Shakespeare so I I like that aspect of Star Wars where it feels larger than life in a way kind of heightened yeah because as you say with the last last story that's very very much what happens with Fallen Order, for those that haven't played it, and we will be getting into spoilers, so you've been warned now. There's, there's a, obviously the biggest twist is that you actually see as Padawan, that you are Triller, the Triller that we've been hearing about for most of the game, and the, the fact of that reveal, was that something you knew early on, or was that something that sort of just got broken to you as you went along? Uh, I pretty much knew that early on. I would say maybe in the first table read, because at the table read we were able to read the entire script. So I definitely know later than that, and that was in the first couple of months of of production. We still worked for a year after that, almost. So, um, yeah, it it was really fundamental to my character, obviously, and the the way that I was forming the character and, you know, uh, Deb Wilson, who plays Sarah and I, we would do improvisations of what it was like when she was my master and we would do trust building exercises. And, uh, we really worked, um, really in a dedicated way to, to layer that in, in every rehearsal that we could. And, and, you know, so that by the time we get to the end of the game, when we have some really emotional scenes, it feels like it feels really potent and rich, and like these two women really have a relationship. That's that that explains a lot of why it does feel that way when when you're playing through that you actually can feel that the connection, the bond in between them. So it's I think that's really cool that that's actually something that they let you do to actually build that further, so you actually feel that through there. I think that's that's a testament to why, as I noted at the start, 
for a lot of us fans and probably yourself, it's one of the best Star Wars games that we've had this decade. I mean, there's not many to go by, but Thank it's, you. it's, Thank it's, you. it's, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's part in Respawn. I mean, everyone knows what they're like. They've got a good rep, but they're also the fact of just the storyline is just brilliant. You've also got, you know, the connection between the characters and it does hit hard when you find out that it is actually a thriller after all this build up of mm. your master talking about you through a lot of the game, how she failed you, all that sort of thing. But we've definitely got to talk about, as a Star Wars fan, how was it working alongside Darth Vader? <laughs> it was incredible. I, I remember the first time I read that scene in the table read, I was, I was moved to tears because it's it was brilliantly written, you know, having this character who is so vicious throughout, but with a good reason, um, having her, having the audience see a flicker of light in her eyes, you know, having her heart almost begin to maybe open for the first time in, a, in many, many, many years. And then in that moment to have, you know, her reckoning just like a breath later, it was just really cool and really emotional. Um, and you know, the way it's written, and then, of course, the way we 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 did it, we performed it, and kind of they captured it. There's such a reverence and a fear for that for Darth Vader. I mean, he's he's the scariest, and everybody knows it. So we could really feel that. You could really feel how intimidating he he was for everyone, and um, it was really cool. It was really fun to shoot that. I mean, because yeah, it's it's one of those things that just. And they hit it so, so well, which is honestly credit to just not letting it leak out prior because it was such a good shock. A, yeah. a horrifying shock, but such a good shock when it hits that it's just like, what the fuck just happened? And you don't expect it to actually... Because we were just expecting like this, you know, this side story with not really any major, you know saga characters and then just in pops Darth Vader and just shunk out of nowhere. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we might get to fight him like Force Unleashed and then you're just like, nope, we got to get out of here. <laughs> which I think, that's, which that's I think makes it different in that it did a lot, on a lot of notes, stick to the saga with the storyline and that it fits in the storyline. It is official canon for those, I'm sure. Which, yeah, yeah, I mean, there is talk or rumors of a sequel. Do you think there's a potential <laughs> there for Trilogy to come back in some form? I don't know, and I'm crossing my fingers, and I really love this character, I really do. I think that comes across in the performance, um, and a lot yeah. of the fans have told me that they end up. They they kind of really love Trilla, um, and I, I wonder if maybe they're picking up on just how much sort of um, like compassion I have for her. So it would be a real treat for me to revive her and then explore further and, and see how she would be in different scenarios and stuff. So I don't know. Fingers crossed. I mean, as Star Wars fans, we know from Episode Nine, but 
the East Force healing that can heal a lightsaber wound. So there, I like there, there is like there saying. is actually <laughs> canonical precedent for it to happen if they so desire, without making it a really weird, twisty, supernatural thing. Because there's precedent in the Force to actually make that happen. So mm-hmm. it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think so. I totally agree with you. But for those unaware, Elizabeth did actually do full motion capture, which you've got to ask what that's like, because from previous game work that we've discussed with different guests, there's different methods of preparation, there's different methods of how you achieve different things, i.e. getting stabbed by a lightsaber, how does that work? <laughs> do you get to wield a dual lightsaber? Yeah. Yeah, so the motion capture was absolutely incredible. It was a dream come true for me. I've been wanting to work in motion capture for years because um, it's so um, imaginative. You're wearing a spandex suit with little nodes on all your joints and dots on your face and head-mounted camera. So it's really different than doing like TV or film. And um, it really feels like play. It feels like playtime with your friends. Um, and yeah, we, we did wield actual lightsabers. They were like foam lightsabers. So obviously we couldn't hurt each other, but we could swing them and lock lightsabers and do scenes and things like that when those moments happen throughout the game. We're actually doing them. And uh, we also had extensive fight training and stunt training <clears throat> and lightsaber training. Actually, there's a video I posted on my Instagram um, of some behind the scenes of lightsaber training. So, uh, and, and yeah, it's, it's really fun. It's so much fun. Um, I imagine as a Star Wars yeah. fan, it would be rather fun to actually learn lightsaber training. Yeah, exactly. From the most talented stunt team in the world, you know, in my opinion, um, people who are just so skillful at, um, at, at sword fighting and, and hand-to-hand combat and you name it, um, aerial stunts and all these things that, that our stunt crew could do. So, um, we had like really, really great teachers. They're so patient and they helped us put it all together in a really believable way. Now I know there's going to be some fans out there that want to know, does Trilla have a particular fighting style? A particular... I know there's lots of Jedi fighting styles. Does Trilla have a particular one that you know of? Fighting style. Well, we did talk about her fighting style um, before we started. And I remember they described her as like a starved pit fighter. Like hungry and vicious and starved, like that kind of energy. So, um that was something we we worked with a lot to get it into the physical body, how she moves like a cat, how she um she likes to toy with her prey. Oh notice that before. much. <laughs> yeah. She actually likes she likes to make it last. So things like that, you know, it says a lot about a person psychologically, but um certainly physically, you know, you can bring that stuff to to the screen in really fun ways. So we were, we were playing around with it. Yes, to answer your question, she has a very specific fighting style, yeah. I, I, I think what I was digging at is I know these particular names for it within the canon, I believe. 
and I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm probably a terrible fan for not knowing them all, but I know there's like very specific Jedi styles. I don't, I'm not certain whether that applies to Sith though. But then again, yeah, the Inquisitors are sort of the great area of not quite Sith, but kinda. So I think, and it's some, uh, it'd right. be awesome if the, the Inquisitors did pop up in some form. Because they have popped up in Rebels. Would be kind of cool if they popped oh, up I in the think. end of Re- Clone Wars, maybe. I don't know. That's what we're thinking. Yeah. But also you've... And this would be got to be a Star Wars dream come true. You've actually got your own action figure. I do. Have you seen it? Online I've seen it. I don't know if we've got it in Australia as yet that I've actually noticed. Really? We probably do. I just haven't actually seen it in person. Uh, I know it's a Black Series figure, and yes. I imagine you own one. <laughs> I do. <laughs> because it's you. Uh, <laughs> it's me. I have to own one. And I also have this little Trilla pin, which is really cool. Wait. Oh, okay. I need one of those now. <laughs> they handed these out at Star Wars Celebration, I believe it was. Uh, and our producer brought them back for me. It's so cool. I think I did know about the pins at Celebration, but they're like, yeah, they're, naturally they're on eBay and massively priced up. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, I, I know there's like one BD one, and it was like eighty or something ridiculous. I was like, oh I was like, come God. on, guys. <laughs> have Have you been yeah. to Galaxy's Edges yet, or or prior to all this, or is at um, yeah. at Disney? I have not. I want, I've been wanting to go, but then obviously, yeah, quarantine. So I'm actually planning on reaching out to some of our, our EA folks and being like, hey, can you, can you hook us up? <laughs> anybody want to go to Star Wars at Disney? Because I'm super down. <laughs> but would you go dress as Trilla is the question. Probably not in like a costume, but maybe, um, I don't know. You know, one thing I did during the mocap was because on mocap shoot days, I was telling you we would wear um, like the spandex suit. So on rehearsal days, I would always go in wearing a floor length black trench coat to help me feel the, you know, the sense, the sense of the Inquisitor's cape. Um, so, you know, I think maybe something like that, like kind of a hint yes. without being in full costumes. <laughs> that That's different. Well, that definitely, I think, speaks to the level of dedication that you actually put into Trilla, from that to the improv and building on the master relationship as well and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that very much has shown the just the amount of dedication poured into it. Yeah. And, and then Trilla is the second sister, as a lot of people would know, and... Officially part of the Star Wars canon, for those unaware, which is exciting because a lot got thrown out the window with Disney purchasing. So the fact this is Star Wars canon means Trill is firmly in the canon. Yay! Also, Elizabeth is currently making her way on the on Freeform series, a party of five, as Dominican activist Teresa Sullivan, aka Sully. Sully enters the siblings' world by crossing paths with, and correct me if I mispronounce this, Lucia Costa. Yeah. Now, for those unaware, because in Australia we don't 
seem to get Party of Five as far as I'm aware yet. The series is currently airing on Freeform. But for those of us that don't know about Party of Five, I believe it's based on an original series, like One Day at a Time is based on an original early series. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. So there was a series in the 90s called Party Five, and it was a massive hit series. Made a lot of like young stars' careers, and um, this is a reboot. So um, it's uh, some of the same team that created the original um, have come back, and they've reworked it. So in the original series, the, it's about five kids whose parents die um, tragically in a car accident, and the kids have to grow up on their own without their parents. In the reboot, in our show, it's about five kids whose parents are deported to Mexico. So it takes on a more social and political point of view with everything going on right now um, and the po- political climate in the U.S. So um, it's really cool. It's about it's about a Latino family and how they're coping with this with this trauma. No, I think that really speaks to the fact of how a lot of the shows are tackling that really well at the moment. Like One Day at a Time, Party of Five is ta- is tackling the Latinx experience with a lot of things like that and tackling real issues, which I think feels done really well and really respectfully that it sort of drives it home for a lot of people and goes, this is what we actually deal with. This is what we go through, but doing it that actually gets it through to people. Do I think it actually gets through to people? It does actually get through to people in the way they frame it. They're like one day at a time is focused on anxiety and depression and, you know, like the, and racism and homophobia and all that sort of thing. So it's, I feel like it's really, a lot of these shows really focus on what Latinx people actually deal with and go through. Yeah, I mean, I think representation matters and showing people, showing a family of people, like if you're showing a family of characters and people are watching that show in their living rooms, it's natural through, through exposure that the audience starts to look at them like, you know, like you know them and you feel for them, like they're human beings. And so it's like, you know, is it going to change the way somebody votes or is it is it going to have some lasting or like some huge marked impact on their point of view? I don't know. But I do know, I do believe that just having the representation, just, you know, creating all these jobs for Latinos and having the representation of showing Latinos in families, whereas we're used to seeing Latinos shown like, you know, selling drugs and like fighting the DEA or something, but just to show families and people struggling with just regular everyday stuff. I think that, I think that really matters. I think that I means something. I think that's something. really why, why a lot of us are connecting to shows like Party of Five, one at a time, that actually connect to, you know, real characters, real people going through this sort of thing actually seeing a side that's not often portrayed. Because as you said, a lot of them are either portrayed as these cliches that have been around for years, like drug dealers or villains. or But we're actually starting to get to see families and real people and getting to actually see that side, a very real side of the Latinx community that's actually out there and exists versus these quote-unquote Hollywood cliches that yeah. have been around for years. Exactly. And that I think that can be really impactful for people, 
it's also the show can be educational yeah. for people because as you're watching, you kind of start to learn a little bit about like what the immigration process is like. And I think one other major thing is maybe for people watching is realizing that these, this, this attitude toward immigrants or um, hunkering down on immigration law or something like that doesn't only affect immigrants, it affects Americans too. Like a lot of these kids are Americans and their parents get deported. So, you know, it's, it's, it's makes it a little bit more difficult to think and behave as if it's like us versus them or that the Latinx community is like other. Yeah, which is why, why I love these sort of shows because it focuses on their, you know, the areas that aren't really covered in general like that. And I think that's why a lot of us connect to it so well because it's, it's real, it's raw and it focuses on a lot of topics that just generally get ignored. Yeah. Because it's, there's just, and I feel like that's something Freeform's definitely dealing with on a lot of different shows, as those that have been listening to our recent episodes, we've covered a lot of Freeform shows lately. I don't think that I don't think that's just sheer coincidence. It's the fact that Freeform is actually covering, you know. Yeah, Freeform has yeah. been amazing. They really want to push the envelope and have meaningful conversations. Mm. And Freeform is um, a network that is is targeted toward young adults. So I think they they look at that as a, a responsibility to bring stories to these this young adult audience that matters and not you know um not just give them fluff or talk or talk look down at them like they they really respect their audience and they believe in them so I think it's I mean beautiful. you've got Party of Five which focuses on the Latinx community you've got Siren that focuses on a polyamorous relationship and mermaids you've got Motherland Fort Salem that focuses on witches and has LGBTQIA representation. You've got Grownish that features focuses mm. on college life. Like it's not a it's not a mistake mm. that Freeform is actually focusing on these things and as you said, using it using it as a way to communicate with young adults and represent them and have them feel seen because I think for you know, for myself as part of the LGBTQI community, for yourself as part of the Latinx community, it's uh, it's rare to see that sort of representation of yourself on TV. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, it's becoming less and less rare, and that's because of networks like Free. Uh, I think that's really great that we're actually starting to see that rep a little more often than just, oh, look, there's me on a film. I'll go see it because it's the only thing I've got to represent me. And I think it's great that there's now more than one option out there for that sort of thing. I mean, prior to all this, we would have had In the Heights, I think, like this year, and that's that's a very largely diverse cast. And I think that's, so there's, there's that sort mm-hmm. of representation. I think it's just really, really good that we're starting to get this as commonplace rather than, oh, hey, that's rare, there's me, which I think is really indicative of hopefully where we're going. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the world is diverse. That's natural. So why not have um, the art mimic the world that we live in? In in the world, we're not like one every, you know, once every blue moon you see a person of color. No, you see us everywhere. (laughs) We do all kinds of jobs and we're part of your lives in many different ways. So it's like, it's natural, you know, we're just... 
we're catching up to reality. Finally, thank- thankfully. It's taken far too long, yeah. but we we are finally getting there, and I, I feel like it's it's it is gradually getting there. I mean, as as you say with the diversity, even in free form, you've got mermaids of color, and that's not that's no accident. It's just natural, and I think that's really great that that's just the case on free form. And you're not just going, oh, that's that's rare. There's just one of them. There's usually more than one of them. And I think that's really great that we're starting to get that representation for multiple communities, whether it's the LGBTQA community, the Latinx community, and that it's actually, Mm -hmm. it's just just there. It's just part of the story, part of who they are. No needed further questions. Mm -hmm. It's them. Move on. And I think that's really great. Yeah, it's just, it's not that big of a deal. Like, people can just live, whatever. It doesn't have to, like, upset anyone the all these different types of people exist. It's just like, okay, cool. <laughs> exactly. And and for those unaware, Elizabeth is also trained in meditation as well. Yeah. Which prior to all of this you could yeah. have actually gone and meditated with Elizabeth. But sadly sure this. <laughs> I don't know whether you're doing online at the moment. I actually am. Um, I teach on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Um, PST. Um, normally, I teach in a studio in Malibu, but um, with the quarantine, we're doing it um, virtually. So tomorrow, actually, at 4 p.m. Um, and that one's a mindful self-compassion class. I actually have also been thinking about creating some other online offerings for free for people, but just because it's such a tricky time. So anything to help um, us manage our anxiety and, and our, our just overwhelm (laughs) because this is pretty unprecedented what we're dealing with. Um, so yeah, but you know, I think the best thing for people to do is if they are interested in connecting is just to, um, come find me on Instagram. It it, is, it's just my name, Elizabeth A. Grujon, because, um, I always post if I'm teaching something and I share Star Wars, BTS and, um, I also share links to a lot of things like this and the interviews and stuff. So yeah, if you want to um, follow my journey, uh, come check out my Instagram. That's the best way. And, and Elizabeth is very much, I would like to think already there of an upcoming star. I would, I would like to think already there <laughs> given just how, how well you did with Star Wars. I honestly hope we do you get to see more of you, you. either in the Star Wars canon or beyond that? Is there any upcoming work that we may get to see relatively soon despite all this? <clears throat> well, last year I completed a film called Roadhead, which is a slasher comedy. Um, really funny. <laughs> yeah, slasher comedy, exactly. Yeah, so funny. Um, and that one's really fun. That one's done. That one's in the can. Um, we were beginning our kind of festival tour when the, when the quarantine began. So hopefully we'll find a distributor soon. And then of course, again, on my Instagram, I'll announce where people can watch that one. Um, and then later this year, I'm, I was supposed to be actually, wait, it's April already. So I, like now ish, I was supposed to be shooting a film called Saturn, which is a feature film. It's a sci-fi um, epic. And I was really excited about that. I'm going to be playing, uh, kind of an otherworldly being in that one, a protector of the earth. So that one felt really 
perfect. Um, and yeah, I'm still looking forward to it. But now, of course, with the with COVID nineteen, everything's on hold and everything's up in the air. Um, so we'll see how things kind of fall into place. But my focus right now is just my own well-being and checking with family and friends because that's all we can do. We can't really plan for the future at the moment. It's definitely true. Is have you actually played Fallen Order yourself, like a full playthrough? Fallen Order is a very yes. difficult game. Okay? <laughs> I, do. I don't know if I you know that. <laughs> yes. I noticed that. It's really hard. Um, and I'm not a gamer. Like, my gaming skills are, like, from back in, like, 1995 or something, you know? So um, I play. I try to play a little bit, and I'm, I'm just, you know, it takes me uh, 15 tries to get to just jump on the rope to swing to the thing. Like... I would never get through it, but I have watched as my boyfriend has played. Uh, he's now like 80% through, and it's been incredible. It is, it is such a beautiful yeah. game. I'm so proud of it. Limited world, sadly. But, I'm so proud of it. But I'd rather yeah. they do that than go like 20 worlds and just mess them all up. I'd, I'd much rather like, you know, five really perfect ones, which I think is really, which is, it is, yeah. it's a really beautiful game. We've finally got photo mode in there now. Thankfully, uh, which yes. they always bring photo no, mode in after I've done the story. <laughs> Every time, I don't know why they do, it just happens. Like I'll get a day one completed and then they bring in photo. I'm like, guys, that would have been handy early on, like when I was doing the playthrough. <laughs> but uh, I would like right. definitely for those unaware, if you've got the standard edition, I believe the deluxe with all the behind the scenes with Elizabeth and everything. It's about eight dollars Australian from memory. It's very, it's very affordable, deluxe edition upgrade, and you get all the behind the scenes, the making, such as the, all the motion capture, all of that sort of thing. So, if you want to see more of Elizabeth, that's a good way to do it. Also, Party of Five, which is on Freeform <laughs> for our US listeners, and of course, follow Elizabeth on Instagram. And find the Star Wars behind the scenes, part of your five. And also, if you like meditation, want to do a bit of that, Elizabeth is there. We'll also link Elizabeth's <laughs> website as well, which has links to that. But thank you very, very much for giving up your time to chat with us today, Elizabeth. Amazing, of course. As, as thank a Star you Wars so fan, much. Absolute honour. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. I had a blast. I'm so glad you enjoyed Absolutely the game. Absolutely did. And I've been your host, TJ, alongside Elizabeth Urjong. And we'll catch you in the next episode.